Walk in My Stilettos podcast is turning two. Come sit with us for our two-year anniversary celebration. It's a celebration event for women to be inspired and learn how to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, and conquer their fears. Come join the Faith Walker community, a global community of women walking in a manner worthy of their calling as we celebrate the two-year anniversary of the Awaka Mistletoe's podcast. We will close out the event with cultivating positive vibes through affirmations and a special performance by the one and only Julie Black. We will have a fireside chat with some of our most popular podcast guests. We've got Jamisa McIver-Bennett, who is the young real estate investor, new multimillionaire. We've got Vivian Kay. She's the e-commerce brand boss. And we've got Kim Fitzpatrick. She's the business mentor and the founder of Legacy by Kim. We'll also have some other amazing past guests joining us as our resilience moderators. We've got women like Kim Mason, Emily Mills, JJ on the mic, that's Jillian Simmons, Coco Lorraine Vera, LaShonda Gary, Marina Simone, Faith Walker, and more. Your ticket entry comes with a complimentary copy of the Gratitude Journal. That is my gift to you. That is my thank you to you for celebrating this two-year milestone with me. The Gratitude Journal helps you to practice healthier habits, build awareness, and strengthen your mental and emotional muscles. I am so excited and I cannot believe that two years has come already. So please join us. We have limited seats available and there's also a VIP ticket option to have a coaching session with myself, McKinney Smith. I can't wait to celebrate this milestone with you guys. And if you haven't done so already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate the show and leave us a review so that others can feel just as motivated to stay consistent with listening to the show like you have and they can see what they've been missing. We love to know your feedback on the episodes. We love to know what resonated with you, how it touched you, how it connected with your life. I'd love to take a second to thank one of our listeners for leaving us such an amazing review. She says, the show is simply amazing. McKinney, thank you for creating a platform for women to speak about their journey and empower others to seek success, no matter what the challenges they've experienced. Your podcast is simply amazing and delivers such an important message that failure is just a part of the journey and success is the destination. Thank you for being an inspiration. And thank you for leaving us a review. So don't forget to join us October 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our two-year anniversary celebration called Resilience is My Superpower. Look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith.
Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, and conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Andrea Jennings. She's a disability inclusion strategist, an actress, a model, commissioner, and founder of Shifting Creative Paradigms Entertainment and Productions, Leveling the Playing Field. Uh, It envisions a world where underrepresented individuals in media, such as people with disabilities, will be depicted as strong leaders. She believes that the design, fashion, arts, and entertainment fields are powerful arenas that can be used to influence social change by using multiple media platforms, creating and producing inclusive and diverse content for television, film, theater, and music production is the vision and goal of her production company. Please welcome to the show, Andrea Jennings. Wow. Thank you so much for that incredible introduction, McKinney. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. I, and I just want to thank you. I'm so honored to be on your show. Um, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. So thank you for having me first off. No problem. It's an, it's an honor to have you. And, you know, I always tell the women when they hear their own bio, they're like, wow, that sounds awesome. I'm like, wow, girl, that is you. That is all you. So own it, walk in it. (laughs) I'm just grateful that you agreed to come on and to share your story and your gems with us today. Yes, thank you. I'm um it's part of what I do, you know. (laughs) Awesome. And I love it. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women We have all these different titles that we go by, but a title that is not given enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. So I would love to know, Andrea, before I even ask you this, you know, my sister who I talk about quite often, she passed away in 2012. Mm -hmm. Her name was Andrea. So that name holds a very special place in my heart. So regardless of what your name means, it is special to me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your, um, sister. I did, I, I read about that. And so I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Thank you. But what thank an you. honor to share her name. Cause she sounded like a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> lady. She absolutely was. So I would love to know, Andrea, do you know what your name means? I do. It, you know what, depending on the language, it means different things, but mm-hmm. to sum it up, I believe it means like brave. Yep. It's, it's kind of like um, in, I think in, in Latin, it means beautiful woman. And in some other languages, it translates to more of a masculine form. But altogether, it just means a brave person. Mm-hmm. Is that, is I that love what it. you? Is yep. that what you? Okay. That's what I got. That's what I got. So every time someone says your name, they are declaring to you that you are brave. Wow. I never, I never looked at it like that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Because I'm a firm believer in what comes out of your mouth is really important. mm -hmm. So that's Mm that people are speaking blessings over me and I didn't even know it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Every single day, like probably a hundred times a day, because I'm sure you hear your name over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
So I love to start at the beginning before I get to where you are presently. So tell us, Andrea, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? You know, very similar to what I became. I wanted to be an actress, a singer. And somewhere along the lines, I believe a nurse and a doctor. Okay. And I, I feel like I'm doing all of those things now. I feel like I'm an actress. Mm-hmm. I really don't sing, but I did. I do have a, um, a degree, a master's in music. Awesome. Um, and as far as the nurse and the doctor, I, I feel like what I do as far as community work and as a commissioner, I'm just kind of maybe helping folks. I, I, there's probably a similarity, but mm-hmm. how funny. It, it mm-hmm. all kind of came together. <laughs> I love it. I love you it. Know? So tell us, okay, how did you get into acting? What was that path like for you? Okay, that's a good question, McKinney. Um, I grew up in, and was born in, in New York, and then we moved to California. On both coasts, I learned about the arts. My aunt was the, the dancer in Cindy Lauper's video, um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and she has these beautiful dreads. So she also danced with Alvin Haley Theater. I had an uncle that danced and my mom was a model and she eventually became an advocate for entertainers and she worked for very, for top law firms globally. And so I was kind of, you know, very well-versed in the entertainment. And then when we moved to California, um, my mom became quickly well-versed in, in, in entertainment in, in California. Uh, So the acting for me and just wanting to be and to express myself in the arts in that way was kind of like natural. From my earliest memories, I remember being um, in fashion shows with my mom, you know, and mm-hmm. so I kind of just kind of grew into it. But I look at acting not as a, a way to be famous. To me, it's like a form of art and it's like a form of self-expression. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the intention when you began shifting creative paradigms, entertainment and productions? Because I always say whenever we start something, sometimes the intention behind it is different than how it turns out to be. So mm-hmm. I would love to know what was the intention when you first began? I think that shifting creative paradigms was born out of a need to see social change. I experienced a very serious car accident that left me with some residual effects of in the beginning of being partially paralyzed and almost having like a stroke. So I had to really learn everything all over again. Now, mind you, um, right before the car accident, I was promoted to manage my department. And so my career was rising and I worked for, um, at that point, a Fortune 500 media conglomerate. And as a black woman, you know, that was a huge deal. I was young. And so my life was just taking off. And then maybe a week later, after that promotion, I was rear-ended by a truck that was carrying construction materials. Oh, wow. So I was actually hit twice. Yeah. And it was, the truck wasn't huge, but it was heavy because of the construction materials. Mm -hmm. And so I had to quickly shift my paradigm. And I'll tell you a quick lead in is that this is the, the really interesting thing, McKinney, right before the accident happened, maybe a year before that, I should say, I felt like I wasn't living in my full purpose. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of times I feel like I can, you know, like I'm kind of like an empathetic person. I, I, I'm like an empath. And I, I feel like sometimes I, I can even tell when I'm not on course, you know. Mm-hmm. And I prayed something that I, you know, I don't know why I prayed this, but I said, Lord, help me. I don't feel like I'm living in my full purpose. And I actually asked him, I said, you know, I, I want to like help kind of like the angels help people, mm-hmm. but I, I know I'm not an angel. I'm, I'm a human. So help me with this. Mm-hmm. So a year later when this accident happened, I felt like maybe if I look past the obvious things that were taken from me, maybe I could find deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing was that aside from, you know, asking him that right after Right after I prayed that, I noticed in the year in between me asking him that in my car accident, mm-hmm. a lot of things happened, a lot of like a lot of adversity. But for some reason, I had this clear mindset after praying to him and kind of, you know, submitting to him. And I realized that it was my vision or my 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 lens of looking at this adversity. My mm-hmm. mother had always said to me while growing up. Adversity builds character. And that's also in a scripture. And I kind of looked at for the first time in my life is some of the adversity that happened after I prayed that prayer necessary. And here's why. I'm not sure if you've ever, and I'm sure you have gotten a facial. And Mm -hmm. when you leave, they'll tell you sometimes, you know, sometimes you're thinking your skin is just going to become really clear, beautiful when you leave. But a lot of times the impurities come to the surface, the toxins come out. So your skin is kind of irritated at first before it takes on the new appearance. So when we pray and we ask for certain things or when we make changes in our life, we expect everything to be so beautiful. And (laughs) sometimes the other, the toxins and the other stuff has to come out before God can do a new work in you and renew your spirit. Yeah. It has to be uprooted. Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, while a lot, like a lot of people were so concerned after my car accident about how I would take it being that I have this promotion and now what, you know, I'm a single mom. How am I going to take care of that? was head of household. I was kind of calm and I'm sure it was kind of strange for you know some people around me. Like, <laughs> But that, you know, that's that's why, because I kind of looked at this accident like maybe there's more to it, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I I didn't define myself by I tried not to define myself so much by my appearance. Um, So this was just a new challenge for me. And it did build character. It really did. Wow. I mean, I'm an empath as well. So I'm, I'm feeling it like through my body right now, even mm-hmm. as you're, you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for, for sharing that. And, you know, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but you like all of the other women that have been on the show, your pain has birthed your purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, we go through these things and it's great that you have that paradigm and you were able to have that perspective and to look at it as, you know, there's has to be good that can come from this because adversity happens to all of us. We all experience struggle, but it's about how we deal with it. So I love that you have been able to find the positive and, you know, to, to use that for, for good. And a lot of people want to um, kind of compare being disabled to something negative. 
And I'm not mm-hmm. going to take, I'm not going to be like this toxic, positive person where I'm going to say that it's all happy because there's a spectrum of disability. There's severe disabilities and then there's invisible disabilities that are severe that we just can't see. But I will say this, it wasn't so much my disability or the car accident. It was sometimes the barriers that came along with that. So I Mm -hmm. quickly accepted, you know, who I was in this new way that I had to move along the world. But it was like I was shocked that, you know, we had certain laws in place and they weren't being adhered to. So again, and that was also, I felt like, oh, this is my purpose. Okay. Mm -hmm. I grew Mm -hmm. up with, like I told you, a mom who was in the legal field. And so she taught me to speak and to use my voice. And I noticed that sometimes when people go through certain things and when, when you're in a particular group and you're trying to help mobilize we sometimes criticize each other for not advocating a particular way. Right. But what I found out, yeah, is some people advocate differently. They're extroverts. Absolutely. They advocate this way. An introvert may advocate that way. And so I didn't want to criticize the other people. I said they probably really don't use their voice anymore because they didn't feel heard. And me being mm-hmm. new, I'm going to come along and I'm probably going to, that didn't affect me. That didn't traumatize me. So I'm going to use my voice, but I'm not going to criticize those who didn't do that. You know, maybe that's my right. purpose, you know? Right. I love that. I love that. Especially because, you know, with everything that is happening in the world right now with, you know, yes. the health pandemic, the racial <laughs> pandemic, all these things, everyone has an opinion on how people should advocate or how they should use their voice, not knowing that, like you said, people advocate differently. How you may be making a difference is very different from how someone else is making a difference. So it's important that we don't judge what we see on the surface. Like you don't know what someone else is doing behind the scenes, whether it be them donating or, you know, hands-on supporting, but they're not talking about it publicly. Like there are so Mm -hmm. many different ways out there. So thank you for sharing that. That is so true. And what you said at the end is very important because certain people are not comfortable with the spotlight. And I'm not saying that people that are are looking for the spotlight. I'm just saying that's not some people's calling. That's just not right. Their calling, you know, absolutely. They do, they do work better. It's just like any other job. Some people do better in the office. They're extroverts. They feed off of the energy of other people sometimes. And some people do their best work behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you share with us some of the other adversities that you've had to get like experience to get to where you are today? Yeah, let's see. I would say basically just even though I was taught adversity leads to character, I will say that as a leader, and that's one of the the, the callings that I feel that I'm supposed to help leaders with this, when you get into a leadership position, um you're dealing with so many different types of people. You can't control things. And as a leader, sometimes you're used to having your day set up a certain way. And that's for anyone. Mm -hmm. You get thrown off, you know, your schedule or your routine. That's okay. It's great to have one. But when you're dealing with people, you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to learn how to pivot. And I think sometimes I've been stuck there. Because being that I love people and I want to help them, if I don't see it long ago, like when I, at the beginning stages of me just developing and growing and, and 
seeking God's help. And I, we're all, by the way, my mother taught me this too. We're not stagnant individuals. We're all growing. We yes. should grow. <laughs> Absolutely. What's not growing is dying. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Plants are growing. Everything's growing around us. But sometimes when we get 18, we're like, okay, I'm done. No, not really. So I want to make that point. I'm always growing. But there was a time of this, this huge growth period, you know, and I would, what would actually get me kind of stuck was kind of looking back at people and going, come with me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it sometimes they heard you, you planted that seed and you just need to move on, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, at, in their own time. You know, it could be 15 years, you know, maybe God had you say something to them for that reason. Another thing that I struggled with that, you know, helped me held me back is um, sometimes I would see things and God's given me a gift and we all have gifts. But sometimes I would just. I would think it was obvious to other people and it mm-hmm. wasn't, and they would come back to me and they were like, you told me that Andrea. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And I learned again, not to get frustrated with that process. You tell someone once, and this could help with leaders too, and you move forward. It's yeah. not, a, it's not for you to um, decide when, you know, they need to learn that lesson. I can imagine how many people were frustrated with me when I was growing. And even now, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> When will she get it? (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. So how do you stay motivated, especially right now, you know, during the pandemic with, you know, like I said, all the things that are happening in the world. How do you stay motivated? You know, right now I'm in the process of of writing a couple of books. And the first book is going to be like tidbits of what you're what you're kind of asking me. And the second book is more like a memoir. Mm-hmm. But to go into that briefly is I think that in order to and to kind of go back to the point we were talking about before, I believe that we should stay prayed up and we should stay as prepared as we can because we don't know how our day is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's routines, but we can't be so, you know, rigid. Um, Rigid. We want yeah. to be flexible because yep. you know we want to do that. So I say it's about um, how I start my day. That's that's important. And sometimes in the middle of my day, how I center, you know, mm-hmm. and how I end my day. And so for me, how I begin my day is kind of a lot of people they understand that they stretch and they yawn and that, you know, there's studies on that. Like that's kind of like a reflex, mm-hmm. but that's so that we can actually get our muscles. Our muscles were like tight during the night, you know, mm-hmm. and we just stretch and we yawn and we're getting that oxygen in. And so our bodies know to do that. But sometimes I feel like we have to kind of put back into our soul you know, maybe what we lost from yesterday or there was like a lot of stuff happening. So I like to wake up and just spend time with God. And, you know, I don't try to tell people what faith or, you know, what they believe in. But for me, um, I like to spend that quiet time with God. Sometimes Mm -hmm. just sit there and, you know, mentally kind of like plan my day and making sure I'm not taking anything from yesterday into this beautiful new day that God has blessed me with, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I have a little bit of a routine, you know, I, for me, I love music. And so I believe that uh, certain music has lyrics that we talked about words and, you know, what words you use. So some Mm -hmm. lyrics are just very 
healing and empowering. And yes. that could be different. And I believe that self-care is so important. So what that looks like for me is different for someone else. But I right. think we should have some favorite things because at night, toward the end of the evening, I start a self-care kind of plan. And it starts out sometimes with some quiet reading, mm-hmm. you know, um, trying to reconnect again to God and um, reflecting you know, on day, the day and, you know, bath, I sometimes I'll light a candle to kind of just get in a peaceful mood. Um, my favorite juice, which is kind of like a pomegranate juice, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's just different for different people. But I think if we have these things on hand, if we're having an especially rough day, you know, we, we may be able to do some of those things and it may help with that process. Yeah, I absolutely believe that the results are in the routine and having morning routines and and bedtime routines and all of those things have been so helpful um, Mm -hmm. to to me in processing everything in life, like (laughs) dealing with all the adversities that come. Um, You know, I I battle with an autoimmune disorder. So all like Mm -hmm. having, you know, time to read and time to stretch and time to walk and time to reflect, like scheduling those things into my day has been life changing. Yes. Yes. And, and again, like we said, you don't want to be so rigid that if something didn't happen, that it throws you too, too much, you know, too off. Right. But at the same time, it's good to do this now with the pandemic, as you mentioned, oh my goodness. I mean, not only that, but just, you know, being a black person right now and, and we we're, you know, we're taking in a lot of watching the news. And so what I do is I limit myself Sometimes I have to kind of disconnect from everything mm-hmm. uh, and not, not permanently, you know, that may not be so healthy, but at least, you know, I will disconnect sometimes from the news for a few hours instead of having it on all day, listening to repeat stories, yep. being re-traumatized. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's that healthy. And so, but, you know, we do need to know what's going on in the world. Um, I'll re I'll sometimes disconnect from social media, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just sometimes we just need to be, you yeah. know, yeah. Be, be still here. That's yeah. how we can hear God sometimes. Uh, absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mm-hmm. was uh, a while back, I was doing some reading and they were saying that watching the news for even up to three minutes um, can increase your chance of having a bad day by almost 30%. Really? And yeah, because of the, like the news is all, negativity it's rare that you see good news on the news and you're feeding that you know into your your system that's what you're consuming Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it triggers stuff within the body you know chemical reaction and it can affect how you view life you know Mm -hmm. how your day goes forward so i stopped Mm -hmm. watching the news back in 2012 when my sister passed away because we spent three weeks sitting in icu staring at the news on a tv Mm -hmm. so i was traumatized Uh, Mm -hmm. so i do not watch the news Mm i am one of those people Mm-hmm. But and I thank God we can get our news from different ways because exactly. and you gotta think about that. I I I thank thank you for sharing that because I didn't know just after three minutes. But you're looking at a story from someone else's lens and mm-hmm. you know, you know, not to get into all of that, but we you know, we don't know who's controlling that particular news station or whatever. So we have to be careful. Absolutely. I've seen many times on social media where the same story 
that is covered on different media platforms, just the headline alone, you can see the bias and you can see, mm-hmm. you know, the perspective that Propaganda. it's coming from. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super mindful of what I take in, what I consume, mm-hmm. um, you know, in social mm-hmm. media as well. So yeah. I guess what inspires you the most about what you do? Helping people through to live better lives through the adversity that I've been through. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes it feel like, okay, if I went through that just to save or just to help one soul, it was worth it. Right. Amen. It I love it. it. I love it. So tell us one thing that most people don't know about you. Most people don't know that my grandfather was Dominican and my mother um, was raised by my grand, you know, you know, was raised by him and and my grandmother. And um, because I moved to California, I didn't get to spend that much time with him before he passed away. But I took it for granted. I remember him wanting to teach me about the culture. And I mm-hmm. remember wanting to teach me Spanish. And at the time I was like, oh, that's, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time I wanted to, unfortunately he was gone, but he was such wow. a bright light in my life. And one of um, a great, you know, father figure for my mother. Uh, quick question. Have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? Uh, many. Many um, not specific people who call themselves coaches or mentors, but my the time that you and I are spending right now, I look as like a, a period of growth and change. You know, the questions mm-hmm. that you've asked me are causing me to think deeper, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say once you start aligning yourself with God, it seems like a lot of those sorts of beautiful people come through your life divine connections mm-hmm. divine and, connections <laughs> lately i mean really like the last month it's like almost every other day i'm getting someone like that in my life and as i'm receiving their blessing of mentoring or helping me i i give it out I, you know i push awesome. it back right back out i love it i love it so i have a complete random question um mm-hmm. so i i came across this article on reader's digest that basically um says your favorite type of shoe you know they're able to tell your personality based on your favorite shoe so i've pretty much asked everyone that's been on the show and so far it's been on point so let's see but i would love to know do you know what your favorite type of shoe is is it like a boot a flip-flop a running shoe a walking shoe a stiletto i don't know a loafer pumps you know it's a cross between and these are so different but a boot a really nice boot with a with a medium size heel not so much stiletto type Mm -hmm. and a wedge (laughs) okay okay so let's see High heel boot wearers take charge in the event mm-hmm. of a crisis. The person who loves wearing high heel boots will always be the one to take control of the situation. They're quick mm-hmm. on their feet and able to make clear, rational decisions. This woman is exceptionally self-assured, so people around her feel instantly safe in her hands. The high heel boot 
is a take charge kind of person and she loves being center stage and very assertive. Does that sound like you? I love it at times. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what the wedge says. The wedge woman, you are self-confident. So (laughs) much, (laughs) much like Kate Middleton, a diehard wedge woman, you're someone who also knows how to carry yourself. You're graceful, assured, and always have a strong presence. There's something inviting and warm about you that draws people to your company. The wedge is willful, has a strong sense of self, and is very outgoing. Wow. I would have never thought about that as, as, as a wedge because I'm <laughs> like my comfort go-to, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and by the way, because of um, my disability, I can't wear so many shoes like that anymore, but I am working to change that. So I'll, mm. I have actually already worked to change that. So, but that's an interesting question. I love that. I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Awesome. So my website is Andrea-Jennings.com and you can stay connected with me on Instagram and you can find me at Andrea J walks in faith. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So I will have the direct links for people to connect with you in the details section just below. And that way they don't have to search too far. They could just click and connect. That's awesome. You've been a blessing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So for the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And I just share a couple of quick reflection questions and you share the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. So name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. The Bible. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Don't let other people's opinions define who you are. Why? Because so many people are fooled into the media's um, perception of what beauty is, and it really affects people in really, you know, bad ways. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, something that I teach people behind the scenes and talk to them privately about. I love it. Love it. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? The, the self-care routine at night. Mm-hmm. Just adding that has really helped. Awesome. And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Love themselves and not look for so much validation from other people. Perfect. That was so beautiful. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing your gems and your journey with us. I truly appreciate you. My pleasure. I'm honored again that, you know, that I can be on your, your podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for saying yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
And to all of you faith walkers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. We would love to hear your feedback on today's episode and join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at a walk And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you could think of, I'm challenging you today. If you could think of three people that would receive value from Andrea's testimony, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith and you can tag Andrea at Andrea J walks in faith. Amen. And continue (laughs) to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.